0: This episode and every episode is brought to you by Progress, the makers of Telerik.net and Kendo UI JavaScript components and controls, helping you easily build modern, high performant web, mobile, desktop apps, and even chatbots. If you enjoy the show, please check us out at Telerik.com and see what we have to offer. Hello and welcome to Eat Sleep Code, the official Telerik podcast. I'm your host, Ed Charbonneau, and with me today is David Pine. How are you doing, David? Fantastic. So, David, you are a fellow Microsoft MVP. I want you to let listeners know uh, more about yourself, maybe what what you're doing um, in the community or uh, where you work and what kind of work you do. Sure. Yeah, I'm a
1: a technical evangelist for a consulting company in the Midwest region, Um, as you mentioned, uh, Microsoft MVP. Um, So I do a lot of community facing things such as blogging, um, contributing to open source, um, occasionally answering questions on Stack Overflow, mentoring, speaking
0: at conferences. So today we're going to talk about TypeScript. So I've uh, seen you do a session about TypeScript at a conference, um, and I got a, quite a bit of really good information about TypeScript from it. And I thought it'd be great to have you on the show to talk about it.
1: Awesome! Yeah, thank you for having me. And um, yeah, TypeScript is something I hold near and dear to my heart.
0: Yeah. Um, so let's let's start from some real. Big basics, because uh, we may have some listeners on the show that haven't heard of TypeScript before or new to the idea. So why don't we uh, give them a a brief introduction and then we'll we'll move on to some more in-depth stuff. Uh, So yeah, we have to start with what
1: TypeScript is. And to know what TypeScript is, we have to have kind of a general understanding of JavaScript. Uh, So JavaScript's been around for a very long time, like some 20 plus years, 23 years and it's everywhere now right it's dynamic it's untyped it's in, uh, an interpreted language it's very very popular um and it's what powers websites today but it's also being seen on the server and other places so it's a, and it's an amazing language um but it was you know prototyped in 10 days so that kind of explains a lot about some of the things you know some of the pains that people experience with type or uh, with javascript so what TypeScript does is it's a superset of JavaScript. It sits on top of JavaScript and TypeScript will actually uh, compile down to JavaScript. Your, your browser is only going to understand JavaScript, right? Uh, so TypeScript sits on top of it and it uh, basically provides uh, a more rich development experience in that you get static type checking.
0: So these are things we're used to in other types of languages, like for example, C sharp or JavaScript, or sorry, C C sharp or Java, um, right, or Ruby or, or things of that nature where uh we have types that we can uh set for you know numeric values and strings and things like that, where JavaScript's kind of the Wild West.
1: Exactly. Yeah, the Wild West. I, I like that you use that as an analogy. I actually um For some of my slides, I'll hand draw certain um, uh, little images to kind of convey a message. And one of them is uh, this analogy where I I like to think of JavaScript as being uh, a part of the Wild West. Right. So the Wild West (laughs) is there. Uh, JavaScript, you can imagine being like this, uh, the overbearing sun. Right. So it touches everything. And on occasion, if you're not protecting yourself, you can get burned. Right. So... In the Wild West, we need a new sheriff. There's a new sheriff in town, and it's it's TypeScript.
0: I think one of the instances, and and this may be in some of your examples, is you know if you have a C sharp application and, and you're writing against an API, uh, and you have to pass in parameters, you know through the method signature, you know what types it's expecting to get in, uh, where in JavaScript it's a little more vague. You can kind of pass in anything you would like, and uh, some things may or may not work if you're not reading the documentation and following the right steps. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's one of the you know primary use cases for you know
1: annotating your your uh, your TypeScript or I mean using TypeScript right is that you can annotate uh, annotate your your intention, and you know with language services, which is uh, a first class citizen of TypeScript, the language. Um, that's the language services are actually what empower your IDEs to pick up on those annotations and, you know, provide, um, you know, refactoring and, um, statement completion and, and stuff like that.
0: And why, why should we trust TypeScript? Uh, where is TypeScript coming from and, um, what type of people are behind it?
1: Yeah. Uh, so Talking about the why, um, I mean, for me it's, there's probably five you know major, major reasons. Um, I'll start with um, uh, compatibility. So as a developer, I mean, argue with me if you will, but as a developer, for me personally, I love being able to use like the latest and greatest technologies, the latest and greatest features and stuff like that. I get excited for that sort of thing. And some developers may not, but typically when I give this talk, you know, most of the people raise their hands with, you know, they're eager to say, yes, I completely agree with that sentiment. Um, so with TypeScript, uh, compatibility comes into play. So as a developer of JavaScript, you are kind of linchpinned into relying on various browsers as your target. So you write JavaScript application um, and someone's going to open it up potentially in IE8, right? So Ouch. What, yeah, what, <laughs> what version of ECMAScript uh, is supported, right? So with, with this notion of compatibility, TypeScript, again, lets you use the latest and greatest um, features from the ECMAScript standardization while not being limited to um, that as a target. So you can actually target... Uh, ES3, all the way back to ES3 in terms of compatibility, which is amazing. So again, as a developer, you can use the latest and greatest stuff in TypeScript. And when it compiles, it compiles down to an ES3 um, JavaScript application that can run basically anywhere.
0: And TypeScript isn't locked into necessarily the browsers either. You could use it on, say, Node.js or something like that as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah,
1: TypeScript is, um, as I mentioned before, just a a pure superset of JavaScript. Um, So any valid JavaScript is also valid TypeScript.
0: I always find that type of functionality helpful. I'm a big fan of uh, SAS, the CSS precompiler, and it has the same type of uh, development ideology where you can use... Uh, Any valid CSS is valid SAS. And uh, I think that's helpful when you're doing things like migrating from older code bases. Uh, So in uh, the example of CSS, you can copy and paste old CSS into a SAS file and then start slowly adding these new features from the SAS language. And with uh, TypeScript, you can do something kind of similar, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I get that question a lot. Like, how... You know, if they have a, a you know a project that that's purely JavaScript, how do they kind of migrate over to to adding you know these these type annotations and taking advantage of that as you know in their ecosystem? So it's it's almost as simple as you know changing the file extension from JS to TS and decorating you know one file at a time and kind of branching out and um, getting that immediate feedback loop from. You know your you know, compilations and whatnot so i mean that's just kind of a small example but yeah it's it, it stands true that uh, any valid javascript is also valid typescript which is awesome uh so that was kind of bullet number five uh the other major thing that i'm really excited about is like the tooling again i mentioned that typescript's language services are like a first class citizen so when anders mm. invented typescript he he made sure that the language services uh, stood on their own, right? So they they were going to power all the various tools that you may use. So a lot of people use different tools, right? Developers are very opinionated, and that's that's a good thing. That's that's healthy, right? So, um, but with the tooling and the language services, we get all the things I had mentioned before, like statement completion, you know, enterprise refactoring. You get the immediate feedback loop, but then you also get to use. Not just, you know, Visual Studio or Visual Studio Code. You can use some live text, um, WebStorm, Atom, Eclipse, Emacs, um, even Vim. I know a lot of people are big into that. So there's uh, language services are what empower all those various tools.
0: So you, you mentioned a name there uh, for somebody that's maybe uh, primarily a JavaScript developer. They may not know who you're talking about. So he's, uh, you're talking about the person that's behind the language, uh, Mr. Anders Helsberg. Is that his? Yeah. That you uh, on, his yeah. Name? Anders. Uh, Anders,
1: I, I say Anders. Some people say Anders, uh, Anders Helsberg. Um, yeah, he's, he's a, uh, a Microsoft employee now, and he is, uh, an amazing individual, very, very bright man. Um, he's responsible for, uh, Delphi and, um, the language and then turbo pascal and he was actually the lead architect on c sharp for for a long time so he brings to microsoft um an immense background of developing languages right designing languages and he's he's you know basically responsible for typescript yeah
0: and i think that kind of shows in the product as well. If you're a C-Sharp developer, then some things might feel pretty familiar to you out of the box. Is that, is that about right?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, um, you know, generics and, and some of the other features that were, um, certainly there's there's crossover. I do know firsthand that um, Anders and uh, Mads, Mads Torgensen, who actually leads uh, the C-Sharp um, team right now, they actually will have design sessions together. And there's certain things, and this is still amazing to me, there's certain features that exist in TypeScript um, that don't exist in C-sharp that would be nearly impossible to do. There's certain things that they're doing in TypeScript in terms of their flow analysis um, beyond definite assignment, which is just mind boggling. It's it's really, really cool. Like um, Like the notion of like discriminated unions and stuff like that, or like having Type aliases on string literals, and just being able to have case labels that are deterministic and say, ah, you know, this string literal for this type alias doesn't um, match, and it's it's amazing. It's super exciting.
0: And yeah, so, if you're from a C sharp background and you you've you understand a little bit about JavaScript, but it feels kind of clunky, um, then TypeScript might be something that you want to give a try because it gives you that familiar. You know, feel of the C sharp language, but you're writing JavaScript, uh, or sorry, TypeScript, which turns into JavaScript. So you you become more of a fluent uh, web developer uh, with that C sharp background.
1: So it's pretty exactly. interesting.
0: Um, so the other thing is that it's uh, open source,
1: right? So TypeScript is developed entirely in the open. So um, for all those who are listening, um, you know, open source is it's a real thing like you can go become an open source developer, you can post issues, you can request features, you can look at how other developers interact on teams, how they how they design how they, you know, there's no more black box and guessing you can look at all the code, the design patterns, everything that's being done, it's it's open, and it's amazing.
0: Yeah, um, I want to also mention that there's still some animosity in the community around Microsoft, and I saw this crop up when they purchased uh, GitHub, and I I thought it was kind of strange that that much, um, I don't know, distaste is still out there uh, when... I think people are just misinformed that they've done as much open source work in the last uh, five to 10 years that they've done. And they're they're very open these days.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's really incredible to look at what they're doing. For example, um, I just tweeted this morning about how they're uh, they made an announcement back in October that I missed, um, but they had for ASP.NET core. um They had 53 repositories and now they're taking a lot of those and they're condensing them down to just simply five um which makes sense Uh, but the fact that they have i mean that's just one example of having so many projects in flight up on github that are available for anyone around the world to interact with like i said you know post issues uh do feature requests interact with the actual you know product teams and stuff like that
0: Yeah, I don't want to get too far off topic, but I just thought it was worth pointing out that, you know, there's still some people out there that that aren't too favorable favorable of Microsoft for some reason, uh, and I don't think they realize how much open source is happening. And uh, your um, your example that TypeScript is open source, and um, also another example is that uh, Google has pretty much adopted TypeScript for Angular yeah yeah that's i like talking about that specifically right so angular is
1: this huge um you know development spa development platform for um for javascript right it's it's javascript at the end of the day but uh at one point in time angular.io the website where you would go to learn how to actually write uh, angular applications they had all these little tutorials and they had a drop down that said here's the examples in TypeScript and then here's how you do it. in just, you know, the other option was in JavaScript. And if ever you were to select JavaScript, you'd end up with like basically like a to do page where it's like, Oh, we haven't done this yet. Um, and they ended up actually removing that from the site. But it's funny to think that this huge JavaScript spot platform doesn't even have documentation for how to do it in JavaScript because they bought into TypeScript and they're, they're a huge proponent of it. And that is super exciting
0: yeah and I know they've contributed back and forth on that as well, which kind of kind of proves your point that it's open source, that uh, another big entity like Google is you know, and their angular team is committed back to TypeScript itself, and there's exactly. been a lot of uh, sharing back and forth with that, and it's made it um, much better um, pre-compiled language. Yeah, it's, it's super exciting to see the,
1: you know, these big companies working together like that. It's really, it's, it's a really great example for our community. And I think we should have more of that. Another example uh, is that, you know, Microsoft, when they, when they wrote and developed um, Visual Studio Code, which is just what recently become like one of the most popular IDEs in the world, it's based on Chromium, the open source Chrome, you know, driver. So it's, it's, it's incredible to see this type of collaboration and whatnot.
0: So I think we covered a lot of the whys, but I think we might've, and it's maybe my fault. I think we might've danced around um, uh, some of the language service stuff and, and the types that are available and what type of problems those things solve. Can we elaborate a little bit more on that?
1: Yeah. So let's, let's talk about like the type system. So there's there's a whole slew of like basic types, and then there's advanced types. There's classes and interfaces and abstract classes and this notion of uh, object-oriented programming, right? With inheritance and stuff like that. And there's of course generics and type assertions, type guards, type aliases, all sorts of really really powerful things. Um, so some of the basic types, right? You you can have um, interfaces. Um, So, you know, basically contracts for how you want to define um, like an API surface area. And uh, if you have implementations of that, you're then bound to implementing an interface and, you know, your your TypeScript won't compile if you don't. So it's um, certain things that are just, you know, TypeScript are bringing to the language that are making it really, you know, familiar with people who are uh, used to a type system. Um, And then, of course, some of the basic types you have. Um, bool and string and numbers and tuples and um, you know all these things that you just uh, would expect, right? There's also things like uh, enums, which are uh, really really cleverly implemented. And as part of my demos, I always love to kind of show off how uh, uh, enums are are possible uh, with TypeScript in JavaScript, right? Because at the end of the day, it's always it's it's always JavaScript. Uh, But it's super compelling to see how, how grown up TypeScript with its type system has become and what it offers for developers.
0: And this, like one of the key features to this is it keeps you from making mistakes, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, to an extent that I guess that's kind of a bold statement. So TypeScript will not alleviate bugs, right? Developers we're good at creating bugs. (laughs) Um, so it's not going to help you in terms of logic, but what it does do is it eliminates a lot of like the low hanging fruit, right? Like if there's like typos or, or, you know, things of that, that nature, um, you know, it's, it's really easy to, uh, leverage TypeScript and, and you know have the language services give you statement completion and say ah yes this is this is what I'm looking for this is uh, you know potentially it could have been an error before and there's other tools that exist for helping with that but I'm a big proponent of TypeScript
0: yeah I'm um, one example would uh, that comes to mind is I was doing a, a live um, pair programming session with a, a friend of mine the other day and uh, we were doing it in pure JavaScript And um, where we were supposed to be using a method call, uh, we were actually writing the name of the method, but not calling it as a method. So it's as simple as just forgetting to put the parentheses at the end. Uh, So what that actually evaluates to in JavaScript is uh, either true or false. So if that function exists, it ends up just giving you true. If it doesn't exist, it gives you false. Uh, Where We're expecting an output of, say, um, an integer or a string. And uh, that wouldn't be caught in JavaScript until runtime. Right, exactly. So get these compile time errors that, that can help you from making uh, easy mistakes like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and
1: I completely agree with that. It's like uh, having As a C-Sharp developer, uh, we innately hate having compilation errors, right? Because it's like, oh man, there's something wrong. Um, but in TypeScript, I actually love those because what it does is it tells me as a developer, ah, this is my immediate feedback loop. I can fix this right now and be reassured that my intent for this application is sound, right? I I know that... I'm satisfying the type system here. All all the t- static type system, um, static type checking that exists is helping me as a developer. I I like to think of it. Another analogy is, um, you know, basically if if JavaScript was a bike and you're learning how to ride a bike, you're going to fall down a lot. Um, but TypeScript is kind of like training wheels, so it'll keep you steady.
0: Yeah, and it provides that early warning, you know, that very uh, lowest layer, like you said, low hanging fruit um, of catching errors before they happen. So, uh, you know, you may have linters and you may have unit tests, but if you can catch things at compile time, uh, that's going to give you an alert right away that something's wrong and give you an opportunity to fix it before you even get to the stage where you're linting code and then even further into where you're unit testing and you know trying to figure out why tests are failing and it's because you know you forgot to put parentheses somewhere they <laughs> they were supposed to go or something silly like that you know some little typo uh so you can it enables you to code faster and more um with, with more safety in what you're doing yeah
1: yeah, I mean, for example, the Slack. I mean, most developers are probably familiar with Slack as the the instant messenger. Um, but they use TypeScript, right? And they they wanted a a smart static type checker because they want to increase their confidence in their code. They want to catch easily made mistakes before they're committed, right? And it's, I think that's a, a big thing to emphasize on is that, um, you know, it's not it's not just Angular. You know, Slack's doing it. Reddit's doing. There's many other big companies out there that. That are huge uh, web platforms that are embracing types, and uh, it's super exciting to see.
0: Yeah, I always consider, you know, the dynamic nature of JavaScript to be uh, a double-edged sword, and uh, it it enables you to do some kind of real wild things, uh, but they're they're also not the safest things. Um, and when you're writing line of business applications and something that that needs to have extreme stability, uh, you need to have those types in there to make sure um, that, you know, you're passing numbers around and they're not being converted to strings and doing weird stuff that JavaScript does, right? Right. Uh, Especially if you deal with something like uh, a money or (laughs) something really important like that. Uh, You can be really careful with those type of things.
1: I was going to add that, um, I mean, you call attention to the the fact that, you know, with it... Um, being dynamic and untyped, you know JavaScript, right? That you can do all these crazy things. Um, and that's you know that's one of the biggest arguments that we we hear in the in the typescript community is you know, battling with JavaScript purists that think it, they don't need types um, because because it's kind of the wild West and they can do that sort of thing. Um, my argument is always that with the language uh, services and the the fact that there's generics, um, you can do you can pretty much create all these crazy scenarios, all the things that you're looking to try to achieve, you can do in TypeScript and you can do it with type safety. So um, it's, it's one of those arguments that I I like to just call attention to the fact that because generics exist um, and, and even there's, there's a a type in TypeScript called any, which just goes back to being anything in the world, right? And you're back into the realm of like pure JavaScript. But, TypeScript allows you to do these things.
0: And uh any any would be your like nuclear option, right? Like you've right. exhausted all other ideas. You've tried generics and uh there's just some absolute need to <laughs> to do this for some reason. I can't think of a an example because it seems like it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's not, yeah. kind of unnecessary,
1: but yeah, the uh, only I actually have an example. The only time I deem it necessary in my code is imagine that we have um, a web API that we're calling and we're getting back some uh, a JSON uh, response, and we have uh, a complex object that we want to instantiate and map over to that result that's being returned from the web API. So, one thing that we'll like to do is we need an instance of our uh, object that we're mapping over to. if it's not like a simple interface. if it has more complex types like uh, dates or uh, it's an object that you'll later take, you know you'll you'll interact with. There's methods on it, for example. Mm-hmm. So you actually instantiate that. And in order to get all the things mapped over from JSON that are returned, Typically, you'll have a constructor that requires um, an any object and then you'll do inside your constructor object dot assign this comma the argument from your um, constructor. And then that what that does is it allows anything to be passed in and it maps over all the members onto your your current prototype. Right. So your instance of the prototype. So then those methods and those complex things are instantiated and available to you without that you can't really do it
0: is there something similar in the c-sharp world for people that are coming from that background that you could equate any to is it kind of like dynamic
1: yeah exactly i was just going to say dynamic like an expando object something that is uh no one really knows what it is
0: (laughs) yeah it's something we rarely use because <laughs> there's usually valid options to not use it. Yeah, they, usually. The, no. oh. Yeah, dynamic can come in handy for things like you mentioned that where you're not certain what's coming across the wire, uh, but you know you're going to get something back and you need to be able to use it. Exactly. Um so we we talked a bit about why we might want to use TypeScript. Uh, so, how about how do we use TypeScript? How do we get it? How do we compile it? What are the tools around it? What are all those uh, pieces that we need to kind of account for?
1: Yeah. So if you're if you're using like Visual Studio Code um, or Visual Studio, it it just kind of comes as a standard, right? There's an npm package TypeScript um, that's available also. So for all these other tools that exist out there, again, it all kind of relies on the language services. Um, and there's a, a command line compiler for it, uh, TSC, and that'll compile all your all your TypeScript bits into JavaScript. Um, so imagine that we have a, a new project and we have a single TS file in there. Uh, we could walk up to that root directory and say TSC um, hyphen hyphen init space hyphen hyphen init, and then that would uh, basically initialize our TypeScript project that we'd end up with a TS config file, which is the configuration for our project. Uh, there's many things in there. I mean that's a very, very rich and well documented configuration file for how you want to maintain everything. And then your your TypeScript developer. It's it's really it's really straightforward. Um, in terms of tooling, like I mentioned before, it's it's available uh, and all all, I mean, basically, if you name a tool that you're using for web development, um, I'm, I'm quite certain that it's available.
0: Yeah, and if if this was if you didn't make it clear enough, this is not something that is specific to an OS either. You could be on a Mac, on Linux, uh, doesn't matter if you're on Windows. Uh, the TypeScript compiler is available everywhere, right? Exactly. Yeah. Any
1: any browser, any host, any OS, um, and yep.
0: So for the most part, this stuff's kind of built into any Microsoft IDE, though. So t- um, uh, Visual Studio Code and Visual Studio, they kind of understand TypeScript out of the box with pretty pretty much no configuration. Is that right? Correct. And then uh, if you're on like a Vim or Emacs or something like that, you can compile from the command line. Uh, and really easy to install through NPM um and i think there's like plugins
1: for all these too if they're if they're not just native to the IDE, i i typically don't use that for my development i just very uh big proponent of the visual studio and visual studio code but that's because my background so i'm slightly biased
0: (laughs) and uh what what versions are we on these days with typescript Uh, how how often is it updated and stuff like that uh wow this
1: is embarrassing that we're having a talk about this because i don't even know it moves so yeah. fast <laughs> um typescript 3.2 is now available that's on their home page um yeah it's moving very very rapidly like if you follow uh the typescript lang on twitter uh it's it's insane um how how quickly they're moving along and how um just how fast it it goes. And, um, to that end, um, I'd like to talk about like the adoption of a TypeScript. So when I started looking at it like six years ago, five or six years ago, you know, I was trying to convince uh, the team that I was on that it's something worth pursuing. Um, and didn't have enough traction at that point for them to buy into it. It was real early stages. Um, so there's some stats that I like to share about the uh, adoption of it. So NPM has a, a stats page. I think someone open source and sort of stat page. Um, so in 2015, there was roughly like 4 million downloads per month or no downloads per year. Um, and now in 2018, we're fast approaching hundred million downloads, right? So there's this dramatic uprise of TypeScript, um in terms of its adoption
0: and i i think you know uh, angular being as popular as it is probably helps that as well um i noticed things like like that with um uh, bootstrap for example bootstrap is still a very wildly popular css html framework um and you look at the stats for jQuery. Even though you know the both of us go to quite a few conferences, mm-hmm. and um, you, you'd know that jQuery always has kind of a um, a negative connotation to it. Let's just say that. Yeah. But if you look at the stats for jQuery, immensely popular still uh, because these big frameworks um, have implemented it, uh, and the Angular part of it, it doesn't have that negative connotation to it. So I don't want to kind of bring that that comparison into the mix. Uh, but Angular has this immense popularity like Bootstrap does. And right. uh, I think that, that probably has some help with uh, the popularity of it. Um, and it, it also showcases how well TypeScript can work uh, on large-scale application infrastructure as well. So I, I think Absolutely. that probably helps as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I would completely agree with that, that that sentiment
1: that, you know, Angular is pretty much directly responsible for aiding in the adoption. Um, you know, like I, I said before, with with Angular.io only having documentation on how to write Angular apps in TypeScript. I mean, it's it's a given, right?
0: Yeah, and it's worth pointing out, too, I think, that uh, just because you're adopting TypeScript doesn't necessarily mean you're adopting Angular. Or, uh, you know, if you're a React developer and you're happy with React, it doesn't mean you need to convert to Angular to enjoy TypeScript. Uh, You can still use those things together, you know, TypeScript and React, uh, without having to adopt Angular and so on. But uh, I just thought it was worth pointing out. They are bundled, so it does kind of help drive uh, something like that. Um, and I think it's, it's seen quite a bit of success because I haven't heard a whole lot about some of the other players that were in that same space. Um, you don't hear a whole lot about CoffeeScript these days, uh, not saying it's not a good tool or anything like that. I just, I think the, um, the majority of users have migrated to TypeScript for precompiled scenarios. Yeah, there's there's other things out there like you know
1: Babel and Flow and actually one of the most common questions that I get at conferences after my talk um, is is you know does under the cover is TypeScript using Babel to compile? It's like no, it's its own compiler, right? They're they're you know competing products. They're different.
0: Yeah, that's a really good question though. I could see I could see the kind of the stance behind why people might make that assumption. Um, we, we see things like that happen all the time where different technologies piggyback on one another, but, uh, yeah, TypeScript has its own roots and, um, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't like a fork of another thing before it became TypeScript. It's always been its own entity. Right. Exactly. So I would assume that you use TypeScript at work. You said that you made a case for it years ago um i'm assuming that case was one now
1: (laughs) yeah yeah uh well that was that was a different team i've since moved on to other other things as you can imagine in consulting uh, various uh, engagements so to speak so um yeah i uh if typically if i'm uh considered an influencer at all uh, one of the things that i try to uh ensure is that if we're we're writing javascript at all uh, we're doing so with TypeScript on top of it for its type system. And it's, it's a lot easier to sell that now.
0: So you find your, you've found success in using it at work. Absolutely. Yeah, enterprise applications,
1: huge, you know, Fortune 100 companies, um, massive development undertakings. Yeah, all over the place, everywhere.
0: So I've got a question for you. Uh, Since you have much more experience with TypeScript than I do, I've dabbled with it a little bit. I haven't done any large-scale business applications with it. Um, I see TypeScript definitions being tossed around. What is a TypeScript definition, and where does that come from?
1: So uh, TypeScript definition, um, basically the file extension is uh, .d.ts. And those are basically like the abstractions of your intent. They are um, all the type annotations for um, like what you're intending to do. So you can think of it as almost like all the interfaces or, um, you know, all, all the types for interacting with it. So type definitions um, by nature are what power the language services to, to reason about your intent with TypeScript that you're writing, right? So imagine, for example, um, you're using um, underscore or, you know, Lodash, however you call it. Um, There's type definitions that exist for that. So if you're writing a TypeScript application and you want to consume uh, Lodash, you can do so by pointing to the type definitions. And then you'll have its entire API surface area with their type annotations so that you in your code, know how to actually interact w- with and consume that.
0: So for uh, libraries that weren't written in TypeScript, they can have TypeScript definitions too, and that kind of gives you the autocomplete IntelliSense-like features. Absolutely. help you yep. understand what types go where. That's very cool. Um, so if you're writing TypeScript, do you get... Th- the type uh, definitions generated automatically? Is that how that works?
1: Um, so in, inside your uh, TS config JSON file, you can, you can opt into making those part of the output. Like if you're like a library, um, you know, author of a library and, and you want to do that, you can. Um, but you don't need to. And by default, it doesn't. So if you're writing um, a, uh, for example, like a huge enterprise web application and you have TypeScript, um, you can consume other people's libraries by pointing to their type definitions, but um, your TypeScript itself doesn't need it because it's its its own thing and it knows already what it is.
0: And uh, if you have a, a legacy JavaScript library, you would have to create those on your own. Yeah, well, there's there's some open
1: source projects that are actually doing that already. They're, they're kind of ripping through... Um, the the hordes and masses of npm packages that exist and they're you know like the mainly like the the very popular ones so it's actually hard to find an npm package that you might consider using that doesn't already have type annotations
0: for it very cool Um, so is there are there any other uh, things that we didn't talk about that you'd like to bring up
1: um, Not that I can think of. We actually covered quite a bit here.
0: Yeah, I think that was a good overview for people that may not have adopted TypeScript yet, or may have just uh, used it a little bit, or even haven't heard of it before. Um, I know uh, you have an excellent presentation on TypeScript. Uh, I would imagine that with all the conferences you've been to, there may be a recording online. Uh, I might, yeah, I think I actually do have, um, this recorded somewhere, um, at least well, so we can, um, follow up on that and I'll put that in the show notes for folks. Um, and I can get your slides from you as well. I think people would enjoy those. Uh, are there any other places on the web we can find you, David? Uh, yeah. On
1: Twitter at David pine seven and, uh, my blog or, or my website rather at DavidPine.net
0: excellent uh so thanks again for uh giving me some time today to talk about typescript i think it was really informative for folks uh that want to better their javascript development uh, uh, tooling and how to get on board the typescript community and and uh make things happen awesome
1: well thank you so much for having me it's uh, always a pleasure to interact with you personally and professionally and i hope that we were able to Provide some sort of value to the community. Thank you.
0: Excellent, man. We'll uh, talk again soon. Great. Thanks again for listening to Eat Sleep Code. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a like or a share from iTunes or SoundCloud. And visit us at Telerik.com.